Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Booyah! We are here, and I feel bad for everyone who just watched that intro because they named Jay Crawford. None of those people. Adam the Bull and Garrett Bush, and Mm-mm. look at us. None of those people. I'm not here. Jay. You're not Bull. You're certainly not Garrett. I'm not. Garrett. This is like the this is like a preseason game in <laughs> in itself, where you just get to you don't get to see the starters. We're just trying to make the cut right now. Hi, right? I'm Josh Dobbs. Uh-huh. <laughs> Good to know you. I'm any receiver on the roster who's healthy right now. So Yep, I'm the uh, receiver they just got from the Canadian Football League to replace <laughs> the receiver that went down yesterday. Garrett called in sick this morning, so we did a little roster shuffle. So I'm in the host chair. What's up, Mom? What's up, Dad? Thanks stop for being, tuning in. Stop being proud of yourself for being in the host chair on this Mike Polk. Show. Hi, Joining how you us doing? as always. Happy to be here. Jason Lloyd. Hi. Of The Athletic. <laughs> Keep that energy the whole show. We need you today. We're going to get a text from Steve Becker. It's one minute in, and the energy is not high enough. But that's all we have. Jason, uh, not Jason, Jay Crawford joining us virtually from his ultimate man cave. Oh, Jay's with us. Jay's with us today. Yes, he just is not in studio. Jay? McNuggets, I'm worried about Jason because after hearing the energy that he brought to the top there, I I closely watched his blinking, Uh and I'm pretty sure he blinked Morse code Get me the hell out of here. He's asking I'm pretty help. sure that's what I saw. I'm glad you picked it up. I'm glad you picked it I up. I think you just had a sturdy breakfast and he's a little sleepy. Help, help. That's my thing. Jason did come in and say he did. He went to bed early, but I did was go still to bed tired. Early. I was still tired, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. You're, you're, you're old. We're all old. Seriously, when that's did it. we get so old? Sleep doesn't matter anymore. It's pitiful. It, you're, you're screwed no matter what. And before we get into our topics today, Jay is joining us via the Gridiron Guys hotline, which means Anthony is hello, back hello, in the booth today. Everybody. What's up, Anthony? Oh, whenever we bring in anybody from the Gridiron Guys hotline, we get to do a little fun ad read. So, looking for a local roofer you can trust? Family-owned since 2003. The Gridiron Guys have become, grown to become Northeast Ohio's top-rated roofer. We exemplify quality work practices, are valued resources for homeowners, and offer a 10-year workmanship warranty. Call 330-573-7967 today for a free estimate or roof inspection. I was thinking about doing one grid, of those. Grid, oh, yeah, grid, Gridiron Guys. I forgot about that disturbing, <laughs> that disturbing plug. I just imagine somebody tuning into this for the first time. That's the first thing they ever saw. They're just like, what is this? Who's that guy with the Mike, child? what I imagine is people walking around the post office uh-huh. when Bull and his son actually taped that. They yep. had to be looking around going, yep. what the hell is going on in here? Uh, Bull is back in studio tomorrow. <laughs> oh, good. I cannot wait to see the jingles he's concocted on his vacation. He's had seven days off. His poor family has been <laughs> listening to all of his pitches like the whole time. He's just like, what do you think about a rap? Grid, 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 iron guys. Like, this is the worst vacation we've ever taken. Right we, now, that's what's happening. We actually got a viewer submission on a PCC airfoil jingle. Oh, good. That I have to clear with legal to see if we can play. It's so ridiculous that we Ooh. have to do that, but you're right. I but know we have to. If we do, it's going to rival anything Bull's done. It's from Eddie Everhart, who comments and tweets at us all the time. Eddie sent us a phenomenal jingle. It's just getting cleared. But hopefully tomorrow, 
if we, we get back in attendance, yes, we will have a new if we PC get legally jingle. cleared for that, I think that that opens up the door to other people who want to try and pitch some jingles to us and let us hear your jingles. Yeah. First of all, so we don't have to hear Bull's same ones every time. <laughs> oh, you know, Bull's going to be sour on whatever. Oh, Bull's going to be absolutely oh, it's sour. Terrible. He can it's terrible. Yeah, he can critique them and say how much better his are. That'll be part <laughs> of the fun. But we'd, I'd love to see some of the area songsmiths knocking out some promo jingles. So hopefully, legal yeah. lets us do that. Jay, will you be part of this? Will you approve if uh, yeah, we but get him? I, I thought that um, you're down with OPP was a pretty good one. That wasn't legally cleared. That's true. Uh, it might fall under satire. I don't know. Again, these are all above our pay grade. None of it should matter, uh, but it does. It so does. we're going to figure that out for you. Yeah. yeah. Well, we got some real all topics right. to talk I, to today. No, Jay, sorry. You go first, sir. No, I'm just ready to go, man. I, I can't wait to start talking about this Deshaun Watson preseason deal. Um, is yeah. he going to play or not? And my theory is, Jason, I can't wait to hear you weigh in on this. I think the league's going to pull a fast one and come up with their decision before kickoff because they don't want the optics of seeing that guy on a football field, period, end of it. I, I could be wrong, but I don't think we're going to see him tomorrow. I just don't. Well, I think the Browns are trying to get him out there before – they can't. And if, 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 right. if, if a ruling comes back as an indefinite suspension, he's ineligible to play. So I think they're trying to get him out there, at least get a look at him and knock some of the rust off. They know he's going to be out a while. So this is an opportunity to at least get him on the field, take a couple live reps, get some snaps, and, and see how he looks. Uh, I don't think a decision is going to come before tomorrow, but I've been wrong on half of this stuff, so who knows. But I think, you know, <laughs> I think Peter Harvey... I think we all know how this is going to go. But if you look at the fact that he just got the case and look how long <laughs> Sue Robinson took to render a verdict, I think it is. I think we were all a little bit premature in thinking it was going to come on Monday. I do think that he is going to try and do his due diligence on this. So it may be after the weekend. I hear what everybody's saying about the NFL doesn't want to see him on the field. I get that. But I just, I think it would, I think Peter Harvey's working on his own timeline here, much like Sue Robinson was. And I just think this is an opportunity. I'm not terribly surprised that he's playing. I've kind of had that conversation with Zach Jackson for weeks of, hey, listen, throw him out there week one, you know, against Jacksonville. It reduces the injury risk because you know he's not going to play for a while and, and, and see what you've got. Mike, do you think that by taking his time with this decision and maybe making the expedited process extended, it takes any of the pressure off Harvey to do exactly what Goodell wants and maybe builds a little more of a buffer between the guy who was hired to make this decision and the guy who we all know is really pulling the strings behind We're, the scenes. I think that's pretty transparent regardless. I do think – I also wouldn't be surprised if we heard something before this game because, as you said, I don't think the, I don't think the NFL wants that uh, story in, in the news any more than it already is dominating it 24 hours a day. I also uh, wonder if – they are looking at this as like they they're not looking great if they do if they don't give us this decision and then give us that decision a couple of days later because it's sort of like not that the browns deserve uh all the accommodation in the world based on this decision or anything but it does put the browns in a really lousy situation and a bunch of browns players who had nothing to do with this in a really lousy situation as far as prepping for a season this is one guy and and you've got to think you know, you almost, I feel like you owe it to the Browns to give them this decision prior to their first preseason game before they can make any decisions about how to, about how to move forward with their team. You've got to know who to give those reps to. You've got to know whether or not he's even going to legally be able to give those or take those, take those early reps. And 
I think that that's why, in order to try and save some face, I wouldn't be surprised if we heard this decision before that but game. But here's why I think it's getting overlooked. It doesn't – they can render a ruling unless it's an indefinite suspension. He can still play. But I think – and, and that's key, though. But, I mean, it's, there's a decent chance it's going to be an indefinite suspension. It, All the reports say that's what they are looking well, for. Well, there's a difference in a year and indefinite, mm-hmm. right? Right. And, and so, if it's a year – honestly, this is uncharted waters here. And if it's a year – So much of this is. That's the problem. I don't know if he's eligible or not. If he, it, to play week one. I think the league has to sort that out. If it's a full year-long suspension, if they say it is one year, that's different than saying you're suspended indefinitely and you have to p- apply for reinstatement next year. Bring, brings and up my Jason. I'm sorry, and you can answer this too, uh, Jay. I've been wondering this like crazy. I still want to know about what the difference is between the indefinite suspension and a year-long suspension as far as his eligibility for the Browns for that fifth year. And I don't know that we have an answer. Oh, in terms of the contract? Yeah, how does that start? Does because well, we would, in that case, you would want it to be an indefinite suspension. He has Browns to play fan. six games this year in order for the contract to count this year. Okay, that's the NFL rule. Now they've been making things up as they go along. Right. Maybe that changes with this as well. Mm-hmm. But you have, and if you remember back to Le'Veon Bell when he was with the Steelers, and there was a question about is he going to show up or not, and he ended up sitting that whole year when he was with the Steelers, and it was the six game rule. You have to play be on the active roster for six games. Right. So anything less than six games, and and the contract does not count this year and it rolls over into next year, okay. I believe. I believe is, is where we're at with that. And I wonder how that's going to affect their decision. Is it an extra form of punishment to actually make the sentence just light enough this year so this year contract counts as a, as a contract year? Right. You know what I mean? Like, they have to take that into consideration as well. Jay, do you think the NFL owes the Browns a decision before Friday's preseason opener? Do they? Yes. Uh, will they – Will they comply with that just because that there is the optics of an obligation? No. I said yesterday that I feel that there is now a measure of punishment that is directly directly aimed at the Browns. I mean, obviously, if Deshaun Watson is suspended, that hurts the Browns. But it's not just that they've suspended him or that they're going to. It's the way they're doing it. This uncertainty all through camp. I watched Jimmy Donovan Tuesday – talk about how there has been a real deflation at camp. And Jason, I don't know if you've felt that or not. This was just his opinion. He has felt like since since it came out that the league was going to appeal, it feels like someone let the air out of their balloon. And so now, you know, everybody was saying, well, this isn't a distraction. This is just it impacts Deshaun. No, it impacts the whole team. And now it's really putting up dark cloud over the entire preseason and the entire camp because this has been lingering for the entire camp so I wouldn't be surprised at all if at 4 30 tomorrow we hear that there's an indefinite suspension I really wouldn't because at this point I'm going with what can the league do to most disrupt the Browns and to me that feels like the most disruptive thing the other thing too is and Jason I'm I'm wondering what your thoughts are on this if he's suspended for a year, you don't put him out there tomorrow. Why would you? He's, he's not going to see the field this year. I mean, imagine if they put him out there knowing he's not going to play a single meaningful down of football this year and he were to get injured. So I think if it's a year or if it's indefinite, you don't see Deshaun Watson on a football field tomorrow. And I think that's exactly what Roger Goodell and the NFL wants. And as we know, historically, this guy gets his way. He's like a petulant child. If he doesn't get his way, he changes the rules and he keeps going until he does get his way. And ultimately, it feels to me like that's what he wants. So that's what he's going to get. 
And and you also have to factor in that if if the NFL gets too aggressive, I heard Albert Breer talking about this the other day, and I agree with him a little bit, but not all the way. If the NFL does do what we're talking about, and it's a full year or it's indefinite, that opens the door for for Deshaun to now sue the NFL and and possibly you know file an injunction or, or get a, a restraining order that would get him on the field. And and again, I don't want to pretend to be an attorney. There's disagreement even among the legal ranks over whether or not he has grounds to do that. The fact that he didn't appeal the first six-game suspension, does that mean he's automatically out the first six games? These are all issues that are above my pay grade, and I just don't, I, I just don't have enough information right now to know. But I do think that if the NFL swings really heavy, it could take this whole thing back to court again. In terms of whether or not he plays, if it's a full year, I'd still play him. Because what do you get? Okay, you're going to give those snaps to Josh Dobbs. Well, is that really going to benefit anyone in the long term? Because if anything, you're giving Deshaun a chance to get back on the football field. He hasn't been out there for a year, and you're not playing him the whole game. You're playing him two series, and there is an injury risk. Of course, there is. But if he gets hurt, he wasn't going to play anyway. Uh, I would still play him just to give him a little bit of a boost. I think um, you know to your point. I wasn't there the day that the, I wasn't at camp when the ruling came down. I was on vacation or sick, but I was told by people who were there, that was the first time Deshaun really looked deflated was when he found yeah. out that the NFL, he was signing autographs. Somebody walked over and told him the NFL was appealing. And that was the first time he really looked sort of deflated or shook throughout this whole process. The Browns thought this would be over by now. You know, they didn't think that this would still be going on. They thought there, there would be clarity day one of training camp when they stepped out on the field they knew how this is going to play out the fact that we're now entering the middle of august and we still have no idea how this is going to go it has to be weighing on everybody in the organization one little weird thing to that i that just occurred to me if he does end up playing for a quarter or something like that have the browns fans been through enough do we need to be teased with one quarter of really good quarterback play yes, I, at the beginning of they, a season before <laughs> we have to watch what we're about to watch after that? No, I, I think they do because if you get a glimpse of what Deshaun Watson can do and you you'll know why we're all doing this, it makes the punishment and the weight potentially worth it because you'll see the comparison of what you had in Baker, what you've had in Charlie Fry, and all the quarterbacks on the back of that jersey, that long list of names. Yep. Deshaun Watson, talent wise is significantly better than any of those guys on their best day. Or, or he was two years ago. Or, or he was two years ago, mm-hmm. exactly. And that, that is fair. We may not right. – he may not be the same player. But, yeah, I think that tease, if he comes out and he balls out. And In a leaves, preseason game against it, Jacksonville? It doesn't matter. It's just the I fact that I think there's a pretty know, good chance. He's only playing two series at most. Granted, uh-huh. but so if he, if he goes be, out and balls out, though, but it I, gives you that sense of hope that, hey, I know this has been a pain in the butt and this has been – more tumultuous and treacherous than we ever imagined it would be. Yeah. But the light at the end of the tunnel is that, and that is worth waiting. But you're also going to have a lot more angry Browns fans, uh, like the NFL, not that the NFL gives a damn, but you're going to have a bunch of angry Browns fans going, like when that decision finally comes down. Realistically, he's going to be two of six for 18 yards, and they're going to pull him. Like, right. let's set the bar. You know, he's only getting two series. Wow, you really got it down well, pat- no, mathematically. No, I'm just I saying. Know, it's a fancy I know what game with the first 15 play sheet. That's why he knows exactly. Right, right. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, we think, we think he's going to drive the field and score two touchdowns. And maybe he does. Uh-huh. But realistically, the first two series of the first preseason game, you're pretty vanilla. And he's probably, you know, they're not opening things up. It's going to be, it's, 
People who are expecting a very dramatic performance from him Friday, I think, are going to be You just have not been following this narrative of this whole situation <laughs> then. Because I'm not saying you're right. Realistically, that's what should happen. That's typically what does happen in a preseason game. But this is like a ridiculous, awful, messy so fairy tale. So he's going tale. to drive them for two so touchdowns. So he's going to drive them for two touchdowns. And, so, and then somebody's going to like collapse on the ground and start choking to death. He's going to give him the Heimlich and save his life. There's going to be a whole bunch of storylines coming out of this. That's all I'm saying. Jay, if you were Kevin Stefanski, how much would you play Deshaun Watson tomorrow night, assuming he is allowed to play? That's a big if, because again, I, I feel like the NFL is going to swing in at the last second and spoil the day. But if he's allowed to play, I give him a couple of series. But McNuggets, to your point of allowing Browns fans to see what he is, it's a preseason game against Jacksonville. If he throws two passes and they're both interceptions, or if he throws two passes and they're both touchdowns, it doesn't change my view of what we have here. I think everybody knows the last time we saw Deshaun Watson, he was a game-changing quarterback, and that's what we were looking for. I don't need a quarter of football against Jacksonville to prove that. I just think if it does come down that it's a, it's a suspension of a year or indefinite, I would be floored if Kevin Stefanski rolls him out there under those circumstances. I just, I, I hear what you're saying, Jay. I know that you want to get him, you, you want to get him out there. And, but, but what's the point? It's going to be another year before he takes a meaningful snap. And I just, I, you know, the way I operate in, in my life, I always try to justify the worst case scenario and the best case scenario. And the risk and the reward in those two, to me, it's way too risky to roll him out there knowing that there's no chance he's going to play this season. I just wouldn't do it. And with a bunch of Jacksonville Jaguars fourth stringers who are trying to make the team and make a name for themselves by <laughs> taking out Deshaun Watson to get a highlight. And that's another thing. Exactly. I don't, like, I don't like the idea of the of these guys who are out there fighting for their lives, well, trying I to mark, make a mark. They're the starters with him, like yes. the starting offensive line. Oh, like you're yeah. not going to put them out there behind a second or third string offensive. Line. Right. Right. And and again, it's the fact that he missed all of last year mm -hmm. is part of the reason why I think they want to get him out there. He's already missed a year, and yeah, it's only a preseason game. It's only two series that we're talking about. But it's for his morale more than anything. Yeah. A guy who's already out a year, a guy who knows he's going to miss the second year. And I know there's a lot of people who are like, I don't care about Deshaun Watson's morale. I understand where you're coming from. The Browns have to care yes. mm -hmm. about his morale and where yeah, he's Yeah, they, they mortgage their future for him. And, and so just getting him out there, getting him back on the football field, I think would be good for him. I do think you're wrong, though, Jay, about – I do. I think that you're, you're right. To, you will take that. However, whatever he does in that preseason game on, uh, on Friday – I know you'll take it with a grain of salt, and you'll see what it means and take it for what it means, but you're not an average Cleveland Browns fan. You analyze these things a little bit more. This is the same people who like wanted to sign Baker to a long-term extension when they saw him open a beer with his mouth and chug it in a suite at a Guardians game, and they were just, that, that, that same fan base is going to see him score a couple of touchdowns, and they're not going to take that with the grain of salt that you do. They're going to they're gonna go and probably try to burn down Roger Goodell's house or something like that. So let's be honest about our yeah. fans. I understand that. That's yeah. that's a very valid point. But I, I just think that I hope Kevin Stefanski has a level and cool head with this thing. And, and Jay, I, I, there is so much credence to what you're saying about for his morale. But hopefully he's scratched that itch during training camp. By all accounts, and you know this, he's looked spectacular in training camp. He's made the throws. It looks like he hasn't missed a beat. I don't feel like he needs that to prove to himself that, yeah, I can still do this. He knows that. I'm just, I really hope, and I, guys, I hope my cynicism is completely unfounded here and I'm wrong, but 
I just, as I've been playing this thing out in my head, is he going to appeal? Of course he's going to appeal. He didn't get his way. He didn't get what he wanted. And that's why I feel like he's going to come out sometime between now and kickoff tomorrow and make sure that we don't have the optic of optics of number four running onto the field and playing in a preseason football game because I just think that's a storyline that Roger Goodell doesn't want. And as we know, this dude gets what he wants almost every single time. One other point that we haven't discussed, and, and I don't know this. I'm, I'm just throwing this out here. I love your rank speculation. Let's go. <laughs> How much is ownership playing into this? How much is ownership saying, hey, paying this guy $230 million, I want to see him on the field. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't care if it's a series or two. I want to see him on the field. Don't underestimate point. that. Don't underestimate that. You know? No. Yeah, that's a good point. Tim Couch said on Monday, too, that part of the Sean Watson's identity is football. 100%. And he's a large part of it. And he's yeah. been out of the game for a year. And mentally, and, and like you said a second ago, if you don't care about his morale and his mentality, you have every right to do so. But when you take something you love away from a person for that long, even a series or two, if it's that minute of a time on the field, could kind of change his mindset on things, could get him back bit. in the rhythm. Mm-hmm. And if, even if it is that 2% difference, as Tim Couch, I've never played in the NFL. Not yet. I, not yet. I think my days are over. My football right. career was very short-lived and not effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if Tim Couch says even two series can make that little difference in Deshaun to get back to being himself, then I think it's worth it. From the Browns' worth- perspective, the joint practices with the Eagles when Philadelphia yeah. comes in town Way is more far more yes. important than what's going to happen tomorrow yes. night. Right. This is for, I believe, this is for Deshaun, and this is to kind of get him back into the rhythm of, of playing NFL football. If he's eligible, if he's eligible to play – and those joint practices with the Eagles when they're here, that's going to be far more crucial in terms of what they actually get out of it. Here's a weird technical question that I don't know if we've talked about. Okay, so say he is uh, suspended indefinitely. Can Deshaun Watson next year go play for the Montreal Alouettes? <laughs> yes. <laughs> he legally could. He could. He could just ignore the NFL for a year, go get some reps in with the well, Alouettes. Jay. Wouldn't his contract with the Browns preclude him from doing that? I would imagine probably. Or is that on hold? He would void it. I mean, I, it would probably, it could, if he got hurt, it would certainly void it. Uh, I don't know what the language of the contract, but yeah, him and Johnny Manziel could go play in the. He's technically not in the NFL if, he's, if he is suspended indefinitely, so he could go play there if he wanted to, right? Put that on the Chiron, uh, say, speculation <laughs> that Deshaun Watson might play for the Alouettes if he is suspended indefinitely. We'll see if maybe that gets some traction online. Before we move on to the next topic, does Deshaun Watson play uh, tomorrow night, yes or no? Yes. <clears throat> no. Jay? I'm, I'm going with no, not because of the Browns, just because of right. I think Peter C. Peter C. Harvey's going to pull a rabbit out of a hat at 4.30 tomorrow. And I agree. I, I and he does look like a magician, so that's really possible. That's why I went there. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that, that's why I went there. Yep. Like a cheap children's party mu- uh, magician, by the way. Very so, affordable. So as we await any decision on the ruling by Peter C. Harvey, something Jay's brought up the last couple of days that we haven't dug into is the role of Deshaun Watts' contract in this whole saga and back and forth with the NFL. And Jay, I'll, I'll let you start with this because you kind of inspired this topic of conversation, but how much of a role do you think the Browns fully guaranteeing his $230 million contract is playing as the NFL goes back and forth, appealing this and then seeking out an indefinite suspension that seems to be the maximum punishment they could be going for? I, I can't believe that I'm saying this, but 
I used to be the guy who believed in zero conspiracy theories. I just, I always thought they were so far-fetched, most of them. But all of a sudden, when it comes with, to this, I just feel like I'm loaded with conspiracy theories. I think that, Rod, I think it has a great deal to do with everything that's happened so far. I think when he walked from the Sue L. Robinson decision with zero dollars in fine, and obviously he was going to lose a third of a million dollars as that's, you know, the six games of his first year salary. I think the league is, is furious about that. And I've maintained all along that they were furious about that because I know that Andrew Barry has stated publicly that, you know, that's the way a lot of contracts are done. I just don't buy that. I think that this contract was structured this way specifically to avoid financial punitive impact on Deshaun Watson. And I think that's irritated Roger Goodell. And for the life of me and Jason, I would love to get your thoughts on this. Why did Sue L. Robinson not institute a fine? She said that she basically went to the limit of the guidelines that the NFL had provided her with. But it seems to me that she could have ended all of this by saying, you know what? I prorated how much he's going to make over his five years as a Cleveland Brown. And whatever that number would have been, it would have been far bigger than 333000 So instead of finding him six game checks for year one, I'm going to find him six game checks if he were to make the exact amount for every game over the five years. That would have been, I believe, to over $10 million. That might have quelled some of the people that were looking at her decision saying, wait, what? This, this can't be all he's getting. You said in your decision... Guilty on all three counts. Guilty, guilty, guilty. And you're giving him six games and no fine. What's your take on that? And why wouldn't she have hit him with a fine? Yeah, I don't know. It's a great question. Uh, I did expect some sort of fine to come with her decision. I'd love to sit down with her over a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and find out why there was no fine instituted. I do think... I think the contract angered owners for different reasons. And two things can be true. It can be sleazy and it can be smart, right? It, it was smart the way that they did it because the, the cap situation is real. And, and the money that they can roll over from this year to next year is real. Sure. And so it's smart business. It's good business. It's also sleazy. You're right. It's also kind of yeah. gross. And a lot of people will tell you the, not new contracts typically are not structured this way. Yes, NFL contracts have a low base and a high signing bonus, but a lot of times it's a guy that you already have. It's a restructure. It's, it's some, when you're bringing in a new player on your team, team rarely is it structured this way. Okay, fine. It's still good business and it's still really dirty. It's still kind of gross and sleazy. Both things can be true. I think what the, the structure of it and the fact that it's fully guaranteed, I think it did aggravate a lot of owners across the league. I heard that when we were at the owners meetings. To, uh, already, like uh, the uh, Bashadi in Baltimore, Arthur Blank in, in Atlanta, those guys were already very public and on the record saying they didn't like it. But I don't think it's going to have this long-term impact on other quarterback negotiations that other people seem to think it is. Kyler Murray didn't get a fully guaranteed two hundred thirty and a half million dollar contract. I think his guarantees were one hundred and sixty. No. It looked more like the traditional type of contract and Kyler Murray is really not even that good. Frankly, he's not even in that class Ooh. that we're talking about. So I'll be interested to see what Lamar Jackson gets. What does Justin Herbert get? What does Joe Burrow get? Right. I, I, I think that people are going to look frankly at the Haslam's as that's the crazy uncle over there and they just do what they do. And that does and even <laughs> Bashadi even said at the owners meetings, 
that doesn't mean we have to follow it just because they did it doesn't mean it has to become the standard. So I've just, I, I do think it's upset a lot of people. I think you're right. Uh, that, that the way that they structured it probably did aggravate some people. And if they, if the league does come back and Peter Harvey comes back and finds him 8 million, $10 million, that probably will help soothe a little bit, but guess what? He still has 230 million coming. If you want to take eight or 10 million off the top, Okay, he's still not going to starve, and and that's why. But I, it's better than a, a third of a million. The optics agreed. of it are better than a third of a million. I agree. I agree with that. I'm on your side. Let here, me though. ask you guys this. Um, and again, this is the next layer of my conspiracy theory. But as as we've watched this whole thing play out, I've said a number of times. To me, it feels like these guys are actors that are playing p- roles that are already predetermined. Is it possible, Jay, that? Roger Goodell and Sue L. Robinson, and I know that she is this woman of integrity and she's a former judge, but it, it isn't outside the realm of reasonability that they could have all sat down and said, this is how this is going to play out. Sue, hit him with whatever number of games you think. We're going to appeal. Don't hit him with a fine. We're going to appeal and we're going to throw the financial component. That way they can say to everybody who's been screaming, this is not justice they can then say, hey, we came down with the hammer on this guy. $10 million is not a small number. We're bound by the six games because that's what the guidelines are. But we're going to hit him with $10 million and we look like the good guy. Sue L. Robinson comes out as a winner. I think Deshaun, to Albert Breer's point yesterday, hell, if it's 10 or 12, he may walk from this and say, I'm done. No suit. I'm happy with that. Let's just get on with the season. So maybe that's what happens. They come down and hit him with a big stiff fine. It stays at six games. And I think that's probably the closest thing to a win-win-win for everybody. I don't think Sue would go. I disagree with that. I don't think Sue would go along with that, number one. I don't think that she's going to be part of that's some, it, it is some, a bridge too far, I think. Some grand, grand plan. Number two, the NFL wants this to go away, too. Everybody wants to move on from this. Nobody wants this to drag out as long as it has and as long as it has. And I disagree with Albert. I think Deshaun does sue regardless of how long it is because if 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 he's going to if he would accept 10 or 12 games then just settle at that number that's been the that's been that's what's been out there in terms of a settlement if both sides can agree to that then you don't even need peter harvey you just come to an agreement you come to a settlement of 10 games 11 games 12 games whatever it is in there and again remember what i just said six games counts as a full year on a contract that's really important to Deshaun, to the Browns, to all of this. So th- there's a huge difference in this case between 11 games and 12 games. But if, Yeah, if, but Roger came out this week, though, Jason, and said, I want a year. Right. But that's why I'm saying if you're worried about if – you're, if, you're, if you think that Deshaun will accept 10 or 12 games and he won't take that to court, I disagree with that because if he was going to accept 10 or 12 games, then he would just settle that that he would just settle at that number, and then the NFL could live with that. The fact that he won't settle at that number tells me he will take it to court if it's 10 games or 11 games or 12 games. There's also a public perception factor here, and the NFL is all about optics. More than facts and anything else, they're about optics, and they've looked terrible, frankly, since the Sue L. Robinson decision came out. Them appealing after the NFLPA came out and said, we're not going to appeal. To have that whole process go through and then say, LLJK, we're going to do our own thing. They looked bad. They looked bad. I think it came across poorly that Roger Goodell used the words egregious and predatory behavior in his press conference. Not ideal. Day. Yeah. They've come across so poorly in this that I can't see a way, back to Jay's uh, 
conspiracy theory that this has all been in play beforehand. Although, Jay, you do put some interesting pieces of the puzzle together. There's one piece missing. I'm not sure what that piece is, but there's one piece missing connecting where we started in this process and where we're ending because it shouldn't end in a situation where Roger Goodell can appoint his friend to make the final verdict. His friend's going to yeah. predictably do whatever Goodell actually wants, and that's how this whole 24-month process is going to end. First of all, I love that Jay spent like two weeks in COVID protocol and just went complete conspiracy theory <laughs> like a lot of people who were trapped at home during. He's going to start coming and wearing His QAnon shirts behind and him. stuff. It's going to be a disaster. I, I think in the vicinity, Guys, I've had nothing but time on my hands. Get me out of here. Yeah. I, think that, uh, I think that a lot of the problems with conspiracy theories is that we're always expecting them to be so uh, blatantly laid out there. You expect them all to have been in a smoke-filled room, and they're just like, and now here's how it's going to go. Here's the secret PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> and then, Sue, you're going to say this. I think conspiracies more often happen a bit more organically and quietly. I think there were probably certain expectations that were just assumed. I think that maybe there was some, you know, I just don't think you're ever going to find an email chain directly saying, and then we'll pretend to do this, and then we'll do this games, and then we'll add this many games. I think it is a fluid situation, but I also think that Sue knew that she was a hired contractor by the NFL who was expected to make a judgment uh, based within certain parameters, based on precedent and based on whatever sort of direction she was given by her employer, the NFL. So we can't be surprised when yeah. she came back and said, these are my findings and this is exactly what I can say based on the parameters that you gave me. And I also think it's the NFL's prerogative. It was right there in, the con in their contract. They, nobody pretend, everybody acting outrageously. Can you believe that they that the NFL acted in what they considered to be their best interest within the letter of the law and the union contract that the NFL players signed. It's outrageous. It's really not. It's extremely predictable. Has nobody yeah. been watching the NFL at any point? Did you really think they were going to back down and be like, you guys got us? It doesn't happen. So this idea that, the, that somehow it's the shock that, that is annoying to me. Everybody just be like, can you believe that the NFL did this and followed up? It's like, yes, of course. That's what they do. Yeah, I don't know if – no one should be surprised. As you said, right. it was in the cards before this even started. We knew before they picked Sewell Robinson to be the neutral arbitrator that no matter what she said, mm -hmm. Roger Goodell <clears throat> could appeal that process and appoint himself to right. the punishment. So surprise is not the right word. It's more of the, I think the optics of it. This I, was a neutrally agreed upon person who now all of a sudden went through this whole process, spent two weeks, three weeks coming up with the decision to then have it just be Thrown out the window. I've seen a lot of players online and stuff, NFL players, not just Browns, but everybody. Who, this is the other thing the NFL kind of has to watch with us, I feel like, who are complaining about this process. And some, most of whom you can tell, frankly, probably weren't aware. They didn't read everything in the union bylaws that they signed off on and that people agreed to, their, you know, the people in charge of their union. And I see a lot of them being really angry right now at the NFL and talking about, I mean, that's the one thing the NFL, they do care about PR. They don't, even though they can do it, and they want to do it, and they do do it, they don't want to look like these 1% villains who are, that's just not good PR for them, and they care about PR. But they only care about it enough to try and not have that reputation. They don't care about it legitimately, and they're not like, well, we should really be fair. They're, they're saying, we should give the appearance enough to be fair that everyone stops yelling at us, and, we don't and it doesn't cause more problems. That's what it feels like right now to me. And Tyvis was on the show earlier this week talking about signing the collective bargaining agreement that's mm -hmm. now in place. And he said, 
yeah, I didn't read the whole thing. I just listened to what the older guys in no. the locker room said and signed what they wanted to do. Who reads it, their Verizon wireless plan before it, it, they exactly. click that box? So there is shock and awe from that perspective. But I'm still paying for the show for that TV movie show or the movie station Stars. I accidentally <laughs> signed up for it at one point, like eight months ago. I'm into that thing for like 700 bucks now or something. I've never watched it. It's a bunch of terrible movies. Anyway, so what I'm saying is, yeah, you don't read the fine print all the time, and you just expect that somebody's operating in your best interests. And that's, that's what – and so there's some anger, too, I think, at the NFL union reps from other NFL players. They're like, we got walked on. You guys just accepted this? Uh, and they – and I just don't think they ex- expected it to come up like this and in such an egregious way. This is such a small piece of the CBA. Yes. It doesn't – it comes up once every handful of years. It's only two, three players out of – I don't know, 50 times 330 in the league, you know, yes. it's a huge, so it's just something that, okay, whatever. And they never could have seen it being the first time it being, it, that it was being tested, <clears throat> really, it being this nightmarish and complicated exactly and right. unprecedented of a scenario when they agreed to it. They thought it might be a drug test thing, or they thought it might be something kind of simple they've dealt with before, and they were like, yeah, and then we'll do that, we'll send it there, it looks good. They just didn't expect it to be this big cluster F yeah. that it ended up turning into, and this was just the worst case scenario for it to be the mm-hmm. first attempt to try and use this new system and it's failing miserably well it happened to be to a a marquee player jason what do you think would have happened if this same storyline was around an undrafted free agent who was a guy in camp how long would have it taken any team in the league to immediately release that player the story is never heard about again that's exactly right a guy gets cut he's off and he's working construction by now. Remember that third stringer Brown who got busted for insider trading or whatever? Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, nobody was just like, "We got fight for him, bring him back." We just never heard from him again. It always <laughs> has to do with the with the talent of the player, the status of the player, every single time. And to Mike's point, I don't think anybody saw it being such a high profile case, such a high profile star, being yeah. sort of the litmus test case of of trying to figure this out as they go. Jay, do you think it leads to change? Do you think that the next collective bargaining agreement, there's no language that that says, hey, in any disagreement, I get to break all ties. That that can't be in the next CBA. Well, I actually, I was talking about that with Tybus the other day, and and I said, like, this collectively bargained, so if the players' union wants to fight, push back on this, everything's a negotiation, they're going to have to give something up. What What does the league want the players to give up? And he went right to the pensions and said the league wants to take the pensions of the retirees. So this gross. becomes <laughs> That's so I, gross, I know. so villainous. So this becomes a really complicated <laughs> issue of okay, if you don't want Roger and and who knows if if that's true or not, but like he was right instant. He said, "Listen, the pensions are a really big deal to the league." So this becomes a lot more complex. This becomes like a political issue of, "Hey, this bill we have here, but you slide in this really dirty component that has nothing to do with the bill right. to try and get it passed or why you vote things yay or nay." This is sort of the same thing. If the league wants this cha- or if the players union wants this changed, they're going to have to give something up and they're going to have to give something up of significance. It, because it's it's in there now. We want so we want to stop paying on goes. we want to stop paying on Dan Fike's pension. From like one of the, those players from the 1980s that made like eighty thousand dollars a year and had to work like winter jo- summer jobs, they want to take away his pension. He's in a wheelchair from being in a, like from being on the line for that long. Yeah. And now they're just like, sorry, Grandpa, we had we had a new negotiation, and now we're taking away your uh, social security. Sorry, guys. To answer your question, Mike. <laughs> well, it would be to future players, right, Jay? I mean, it wouldn't affect any of the, uh, any of the grandfather players 
that are already in on the on, on a deal. They're not going to take existing pensions away. I, don't I think know. what they they're trying to fight for. They do it in regular everyday yeah. life. They well, take, they, 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 they I screw mean, with the retirees and they, they mess with their money. I just and their can't insurance. imagine they would ever get away with that. I, I can't imagine they would it's ever. Up to the get, union. Would they like to? Sure. It's up, it's up would, to the union if the union will protect the retirees or not. Well, the current CBA runs till 2030. So we have seven so more so years of Roger Goodell as the Supreme and I'll be interested to see if there's another case. That's a long time. <clears throat> Is there another one or two cases that fall into the personal conduct policy that have to go through this pop process again? And how does it play out? It'll be interesting to see. I don't mean to take us off topic, but I've noticed this the last couple of times in here. Jay, is that my Yeti mug you're drinking out? Did I leave that at your house and you've been using it? Because that's like one of my favorite cups. Is that yours? Oh, it's yours. <laughs> Although you could have had that put on. Conspiracy theory. He ran out and had his you name put, put on. Because I, I have that same mug and you've been drinking out for two days. I'm like, is that my mug? Did I leave that at his place? Because I missed this, this was a This was a gift for, for a, a wedding that I was in. So I can, I can assure you that this is mine. I love that cup, And though. even if it was yours, you would never want to drink out of this ever again. Oh, I've no. Been drinking out of this for the last 10 days. Yeah, you got so by now, I'm sure the COVID pit. particles... <laughs> Have actually they've actually uh, become part of this. There's cup. two new strains in that thing, at least, no doubt. Yeah, that's all right. It's a good cup, anyway. It's a great cup, Jay. I like it. But well, we have Tyvis. thanks. We have good taste. We yeah. have Tyvis coming on in the second hour of the show, so we'll be able to ask him what he's, his thoughts on possibly trading off something in the CBA is. But let's get to the next topic. And Jay, this was one that we wanted to talk to you about. You weren't here when we kind of touched on it earlier in the week or last week, but. All reports out of Carolina right now say Baker Mayfield is doing his thing. And he was four for four in red zone drills with four touchdowns yesterday. Woo, let's, let's clap it up for some practice stats. Let's clap it up for, for practice Was it the stats. fourth quarter? Was any of that in, the, in, in a fictitious fourth quarter? <laughs> there was a lot of fours in the tweets, Jay. I'm not positive it was the fourth mm-hmm. quarter drills per se. But it does seem like he's taking a commanding lead in Carolina for that starting job, which sets up a week one matchup, which Mike Polk will be at in yep, Charlotte. You bet. Between... Most on the ground, Kobe Brissett and Baker Mayfield. So Big Jay, showdown. As the uh, the resident Baker bro on the set here, do you have any sellers yeah. remorse now, knowing what you know about Watson? This situation. <laughs> Look, I, I mean, I, I'm pretty much on record as saying I wouldn't have done this in the first place. It, it doesn't mean that I think Baker Mayfield is better than Deshaun Watson. I don't mean that. I've never said that. What I've said all along was, to be consistent, I I felt like the team was positioned well enough that based on his entire body of work, which included 2020 and a trip to the playoffs, and not just judging him off 2021 when he was clearly wounded, um, I felt like if everything broke their way, they could still get to where they wanted to go with this guy. Am I surprised that he's tearing up practice? No. He's a four-year starter in the NFL. He should tear up practice. Um, What will surprise me is if once we get to the regular season and we get into serious crunch time, if he all of a sudden becomes this unbelievable playmaker in situations where the Panthers need him to come through for them to win games. He wasn't that guy in Cleveland. Um, I can't argue that he was that guy. So... I'm not surprised by any of this. I've talked to a couple of media members that are there and they've been to camp. Um, in fact, next week we're going to have the, um, the play-by-play voice for the Carolina Panthers on, Jim Zoki. He's a former friend of mine from college. Um, look, they, they, they say what we were saying about Baker in 2021 camp. D- Jason, you remember, right? 
2020 camp. We were saying this guy, we, everybody thought the quarterback quandary was solved yep. before the injury. Everybody thought the quarterback injury uh, situation was finally over. Even those that wanted Baker gone, they were quietly sitting in the shadows waiting for him to throw that fourth quarter pick so they could jump out and say, ah, see, there he is. I don't know he about that. Always shows up. I disagree because I wanted Deshaun even before all this crap. I wanted him when the trade first came out. Even after, before the – Yes. After, even before the – before the injury. injury? So yes. after after 20 after 2020 when Baker almost got the win at Kansas City, yep. you still were saying let's trade in there's, Baker for there's Deshaun. There's footage of me on 923 saying go get Deshaun. He's You've got better. that saying somewhere, he, don't you? Well, no, I'm just saying <laughs> wow. because we had a conversation on 92 and and believe me, like they wanted to <laughs> strangle me. And I'm like, "Listen, oh, God, yeah. Deshaun's better." Like right. he's not like Baker I, I kind of compared it to to the Warriors and their big long title run mm -hmm. of, hey man, you need a guy. You <laughs> Baker is not that guy. You need that guy. Deshaun is that guy that can help you take down. Well, I give Kansas you a lot City. of credit. If you were saying that after 2020, you were you were the the lone voice in in, in a one person choir because Baker Baker blocked I, Zach Jackson for writing it because Zach wrote it on our site that they should explore Deshaun. <laughs> And Baker very classy, up, and very Baker, classy. And Baker blocked him for writing that <laughs> no story. No negativity in my life, so there bro. Were, there were some of us who were saying it before all of these allegations and before things got really messy. I absolutely, yeah. as soon as I heard Deshaun was available and he requested a trade, I'm like, go get that guy. That's a top five quarterback in the NFL. He's better than what you these, have. These are different Even questions. Even with all though. the baggage that he was carrying. Well, then I had to like sit back and go, okay, wait a minute. And, and, and that's yep. why to this day, I have it would be hypocritical of me to come out and condemn the Browns for this trade because I wanted him before the allegations and I even had conversations with with Browns personnel at the combine saying, "Hey, go get 4. Why not go get 4?" And 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 what came back to me was we have to wait for the grand jury to come back because if he's indicted, He's going on the exempt list and he's out for the year, which goes back to the big heated fight we had with Bull. There's no way they make this trade as it was constructed if they believed he was no. out for the year because they were waiting to see if he was going to go on the exempt list, which my point in all of this has been the league should have just put him on the exempt list. If this is what they wanted, if they wanted a year, if they wanted indefinite, just put him on the exempt list and let the teams know right, the, the rules of engagement before the trade even went down. Yeah, so that somebody like like probably Jimmy Haslam doesn't have the opportunity to pull the trigger and be like, let's get him without having all the information, which some owners are uh, uh, and, and in fairness, there was a lot more <coughs> Jimmy yes. that wanted to go get of him. Of course, but he was the one who was willing to pay the most and the most guarantee to, the most. Uh, yep. to get it done. Yep. That's true. And I think the other question, though, isn't here necessarily, would you have done this to Sean Watson trade again with, with Baker looking good down there? The question is, should we have gotten rid of Baker given the uncertainty of our quarterback situation and our quarterback room right now, knowing that he might be looking it along. And now you've got him down there making some noise. And I mean, it's obviously easy to do that in preseason or in practices and whatnot. But the better question now is, would you have made this Baker move that we made still for what we unloaded him for and what we're still paying him for rather than have a proven win healthy decent quarterback at, to get to bridge us to you know the next thing yes I still make the deal I think the relationship was too far gone by that point and I and, and <clears throat> we talked about this a little bit when I was in before and again the six game thing is going to be a really big it could be it could be a really big deal 
in terms of what they do because the the easy fix to all of this, and we've talked about it before, you go get Jimmy G. Yeah. That's the easy fix to all of this. He can sort of unite the locker room. Guys love playing with him. He's a really nice bridge for one year. Mm-hmm. If it's out, if if Deshaun's out for the year, if it's if it's less than eleven, if it's eleven games or less, and it's in that gray area where Deshaun's contract still yeah. counts now. Now, if you go get him, you can't roll that money into next year, which is a really big deal going forward. So, if Deshaun, if the suspension comes to where Deshaun is eligible for six games or more. The Browns have a really difficult decision to make in whether or not to go get Jimmy G because right now they've downgraded the quarterback position. Jacoby Brissett's not as good as Baker. No, I freely admit that. Right. So you're 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 in a tough spot. Now. Yeah. yeah. I think two things. You make the Deshaun Watson trade every day of the week and twice on Sundays. When you have a chance to get a top five, seven quarterback, there's go get only him. five, seven of those That's guys exactly. in the league, and they never become. They available. don't become available. They don't become available at 26 years old, which is when the whole Texan situation when he sat out. And you're looking at quarterbacks playing now until they're 38, 40 years old. You might have 12 to 14 years of Deshaun Watson. And even if he sits out Hey, McNuggets. Yes. In a vacuum, you're absolutely right. I mean, there's no no arguing with that in a vacuum. If you have a chance to get a top seven quarterback, you pull the trigger. But it wasn't just that simple. It was a top seven quarterback that hasn't played in a year and might not play for another year. And, and you who has can't a cloud dismiss over him. that part of the equation. I'm you not can't. totally dismissing that, but if Watson for the next two seasons is not the Deshaun Watson who we saw in Houston, it's not like he's 39, 40 about to retire. Mm-hmm. He's 27, 28, and Tom Brady's just turned 45 and might be the best quarterback in the league. I know, like, but you may still have Watson the one thing we have to be careful about doing, though, is trying to extrapolate Tom Brady to everybody to else. anything. And that's what you're doing when you're saying, hey, Quarterbacks are playing to 45 now. No, they're not. Right. One he, of them the, is. Yes, he's and the he's exception. He's got Tom Brady in the seventh round. But he's the exception. You can find him. Aaron Rodgers won yeah. MVP and last year. There's also, guys, when did Tony Romo leave? the? When? How old was Tony Romo when he left the league? 36, 35? I don't know. Mm. Okay. But the, but the rules I don't, have I changed. I think that's even old. I don't think he was 36. But, but even one way since or another, Romo left, the rules have changed to protect quarterbacks even more. Quarterbacks have never been more protected and shielded than they agreed. are in today's game. Agreed, but they still get old. And Tom sure. Brady is just a freak of nature. We, should, yes. we shouldn't look at Tom and say, well, hell, you can sign a 35-year quarterback, 35-year-old quarterback to a 10-year contract because Tom did it. Mm-hmm. Tom hasn't eaten a grain of sugar in 12 no. years. He's in you a zero-gravity tank right now somewhere floating around. <laughs> he's figured out a way to train during his sleep. I don't know yeah. how he does it. But, like, you just – you can't it, – it's you're dangerous. You're going into a scary place if you start looking at – Tom Brady. You still take the average quarterback. I don't know, Jay. Off the top of your head, I would say the average quarterback in the NFL. And and, and it's easy to say, well, you know, you can look at all the guys, Phillip Rivers, Drew Brees, all of the guys that have long careers. Eli Manning, your favorite person in the world. How old was he when he was out of the league? McNuggets. Romo was 36 when he retired. Eli was 37. Let's use Roethlisberger. Okay. I just looked it up. Ben's 40 now. He was good until what? 37, 38. His last two years were his last two years were were bad. Let's just say so. so Now I'll give you a Jay Cutler. Now I'll give you a Jay Cutler. Oh, he sucked when he was 25. Cutler's not in the same. Jay Cutler was a starting quarterback in the league. What I'm saying is they don't all play until they're 40. No. So this assumption that you're going to get Deshaun Watson for 14 years, that that's such a stretch. you, You just can't do that. He's had an ACL injury already. Fair. I, th- I think I think we can safely say he will play at a high level. I wouldn't even say elite. 
he will play at a high level till 35. Can we agree on that? I'll give, I'll give, you, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. And how old is he now? I will. 27. 27? 20 so, years. 27? So you can get 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34. You can get eight years out of him if he stays in Cleveland all that time. I know. I'm not you, you've already does. extended his contract. Yeah, I'm, I'm not even that. sure. Everything's gone so well. well what will be fun sure to see? <laughs> Jay. <of> this contract. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'll be fun eight years from now to mm-hmm. look back at this conversation. And yeah. look, I hope Deshaun is still our quarterback. If he is, that means that he's been very successful because you don't stay that long with one team especially with a contract like that, unless you're breaking expectations. So I hope eight years from now, we all get together and say, wow, he really did make it until 35. Because I just know the Browns track record with quarterbacks. Even when we finally thought we had one, <laughs> we were wrong. Yep. We didn't. We had the rug pulled Got off. Got rid of that us. guy. Scared that guy out of town. <laughs> <laughs> get out of here, you guy who wanted the playoff game. Oh, my. Get over the playoff game. I'm so tired of hearing about one playoff game. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. Yeah. Can no, we talk yeah. about, like, they were up 7 nothing before he went and even went on the field? Boy, he's still pissed about like, it. Huh? Oh, my. I'm just so tired. He really is. He Jay, won a playoff game. He won he's, a playoff game. came from nowhere, Jay. Okay, Jared. Goff took the Rams to the Super Bowl and they said you're not good enough. Jimmy G took the 49ers to the Super Bowl and they said we can do better. I'm I'm not saying he's a great quarterback. I'm saying in the Valley of the Blind, the one-eyed man is king. And we were in the Valley of the Blind for so long. And then finally this kid comes around. He's got, you know, he's got some cool So, But that's why we're excited. Oh, is it not? So you know this fan base. Is that not I'm understandable to you? Drive me crazy every yeah, day. I get it. I think Polk's actually right, though. And my point kind of got off topic saying I would still trade for Watson. Right. I think in a hypothetical world where the Browns championship, not hypothetical, the realistic world, the Browns championship window is two, three years with the way their current roster structures and salaries. Last year, you buy that, year, Jay, and next year. Uh, yeah, probably. I, as currently as constructed, cur- now, it could be extended when they rework contracts right? and resign. As, as currently mm-hmm. constructed, probably three years. We got into joke who lo- locked down for a while. We should be fine. <laughs> Baker gives you a better chance to win than Brissett, and if there was any way to mend that relationship, I just I am so not sold on Brissett keeping his team afloat. Yeah, and maybe I, I know I'm not the only one that thinks that way, but I am so off the Brissett can keep this bandwagon afloat train that I would have tried to find a way. Yes, and again, I know we've been through before, and I know this argument makes everyone mad, but I don't care if he's unhappy. He plays great when he's unhappy. (laughs) I don't care if he's playing out there like he has something to prove, and he's like, screw you guys, this is my last year, get me out of here. You got somebody better waiting for me. Have him go out and play pissed off. I would love that. Okay, but for what it's worth, Jadavion Clowney's not here if Baker Mayfield's here. True. Okay. He's not back. True. Uh, Miles Garrett's not happy if Baker Mayfield's here. True. Now he's under contract. And he's going to play they, well. Was it that bad between them? They hated him. I'm just throwing out big name guys that were ready to move. Yeah, on I hadn't heard that before. Did you know though that they specifically didn't like him? Because I'd like to know that going into this Carolina game, my about Miles to watch. and Baker, or just in or Jadavian, who any any of them. There was there well, was didn't follow Watson. Nobody. Let's did. put it this way: teams will always try and downplay the bad and play up the good. Right. right? That's what they do. No one pushed back on how damaged the relationship was right. last year with Baker. Nobody pushed back on that. The response was, well, winning will cure it. Like, yep. Let's just let's change out some of the faces that really were not happy, which they did. Odell, Jarvis, those guys are gone. Mm-hmm. And, and, and let's win some games, and a lot of that will go away. But no one disputed the fact that the locker room was damaged last year when Baker was here. And there have been guys that have come out and said the vibe in camp is significantly better now. Yeah, but I don't even pay any attention to that. And that's just hearsay, but some of those comments you do have to take with a little bit of truth and reality because you don't just say that to say that. Right. 
you say that if there is some tangible evidence right. that maybe it's a little closer and who knows if it's Watson. I don't know, Mike. <clears throat> Jay, you know that guys will gloss over any warts that are inside the line. They don't bring that stuff to the public. And you can go back, Jay. Have you ever covered a team when you ask the team, hey, how's the chemistry? How's, how's the camaraderie? <laughs> Have you ever covered a team? Because I've been doing this for 30 years and I've covered a lot of NFL camps. I've never asked that question in an NFL camp, ever, and had a player say, you know, no, it's really not that it's good. Trash. In fact, once, camp, once practice is over, we all run to our rooms. Mm-hmm. Nobody eats dinner together. The chemistry kind of sucks. Here's a list they of the guys that I don't like. They all say the same thing. Because I'm, I've been trapped in my home, I'm, I have the NFL Network on a loop, and they're doing all their camp visits. And it's so funny to me because I've never watched this volume of it before. But every single camp, the guys are saying exactly the same thing. Yep. So it's jock speak. I just yep. don't put a whole lot into it. Yep. And then after the fact, guys might say, you know what? Things weren't great with Baker. Yep. Well, they were asked how they were when he was around, and no one seemed to complain about it then. The so you're thing, never going to get the yeah, truth from these the guys in the, the moment. Oh, the other thing about the vibe conversation is it's coming from 60 sports writers who are standing on the sidelines trying to find any storyline to write about. <laughs> so if they see two guys yeah. laughing off to the side, they're just like, the vibe is electric here <laughs> in yeah. Berea today. I've got uh, posts, tags. One thing I will say, and I'm not going to, I can't name the player. He's still, he's on the Browns roster now. He's still a current player. <clears throat> I asked him, we were having a conversation after the Deshaun trade, and I said, how well do you know Deshaun? Um, and the response was basically like, you know, know him in passing, uh, know him a little bit, just say, hey, how are you, that sort of thing. Not, nothing great. And there was a pause, and he said, you know, I knew him about as well as I knew Baker. Hmm, okay. So there wow. you go. That was defender? Was defensive it a defensive player? player? Can you tell us that, though? I was can't. it a defensive I, I player? I can't. I don't want to say on the air. But it was Tyvis Powell. Because, well, the reason, <laughs> the, Jason, the only reason I asked that is because, as you know, these guys are in their own rooms. They're in their right. own position rooms. Right. So it's not uncommon for an offensive player to say of a defensive player, I, mean, I really don't know. He's on the other side. Yeah, of but everybody should know the quarterback. Everybody yeah, should know the quarterback. Right. right. Quarterback's yeah, different. Yeah, but it's not always the case. You know, that's not always the case. I remember asking some of the Patriots defensive players early in their great Super Bowl runs about Tom Brady. And the one thing that I remember that stood out to me was a lot of the guys go, you know, he really kind of, he's a quiet guy. I mean, he's a leader, obviously, on the offense, but he's, he's, not, he's not a boisterous guy that everybody knows, everybody feels like they know. I don't think it's necessarily an indictment if a defensive player would well, say of somebody on the offense. <laughs> the way he yeah. said it, it was well, right. You got the tone. Yeah. 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 Maybe, but I just think it's very important to the context of this conversation if that person was an offensive player or a defensive player. Right. I just can't believe you're admitting right here that Miles Garrett said that and hated Baker Mayfield. <laughs> <laughs> put, that, put that in the lower third. No. Confirmed. Jason no, Lloyd. Not saying that. All right. Not hey, Jay, that. we were scrolling through the internet yesterday and we saw something that we needed your take on. So, Anthony, take it from here. Yeah. So, <clears> uh, <throat> see if we can go ahead and take Tabboard here. And whenever we bring something on from the internet, it's brought to you by PCC Airfoil. Oh, Looking for a great. job with career advancement and great benefits? PCC Airfoils is a leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio, and all locations of PCC Airfoils in Eastlake, Menor, Wycliffe, and Minerva are hiring for all positions at $18 an hour and up. Plus, get a full benefit package, paid time off, and signing bonus. Apply online at precast.com careers to learn more. Jay, have you ever played baseball with a phone in your pocket? 
So I, you know what? It's so funny that you asked that because um, obviously phones weren't a big thing when I was playing my most competitive baseball. But I, I continue to play, and, and because oftentimes I do like have huge. my phone in my back pocket before the game. I just throw it in there, and then once the game, once I get in the dugout and I start getting loose, I'll throw it in my bag. But I have accidentally kept it in there during a bullpen session before a game, and I've realized it was there, and I've taken it out. As for what happened here, it's fascinating. So on the surface, no, there's really no way that you're not allowed to have a phone on the field, obviously. It was funny. The umpire's reaction when he saw it was just like, hey, that's that's your phone. (laughs) And he just the the player, you know, was like, wow, caught red handed and he picked it up and he put it back in his pocket. But it's interesting because my son said something when we were talking about it. He said. You could actually get an advantage if someone was in the clubhouse mm-hmm. and they were picking off signs, which now teams have done a much better job. And I, I'm not sure in this game whether or not the catcher was flashing signs or not. But you could actually get an advantage because somebody in the clubhouse could just pick off the signal and then sign and then say, say um, if, if, if I buzz you with a text, then you're going to get a fastball. And if you don't get a text from me, it's something off speed. I'm not saying he was doing that. In fact, I'm sure he wasn't. But it's possible that you could do that to relay signs. Right, Jay? Absolutely. And that goes back to the whole Astros and Red Sox and everything else with with the Apple Watches and communication. That's why I agree with you. On the surface, this is no big deal. Maybe he forgot it was in there. You know, more than likely, he just, I I don't know how you not feel that. I'm not buying it's, it. It's odd. I, I know. But I, it's not like he's going to pull it out at second base and go, here comes a fastball. <laughs> so, so no, I don't but he could receive a message and he feel the buzz. Yeah. But you could also do that on a watch or something that's a lot smaller of a device than uh, this gargantuan phone that's taken up your entire pocket. Well, the Astros banging on trash yeah. cans was the stone age of cheating in baseball. This is now the 21st century. <laughs> but there was, something with the, there was something with the Apple Watches and the Red Sox. I don't remember the whole story now. But, and that's why Apple Watches are, are banned and all that. It's, it's because of exactly what we're talking about. Why do we not have a lower third up yet that says Jay Crawford swears pirates using, using <laughs> signals, stealing signals need to be investigated you know, by league? Why do I have to tell Mike, you? Mike, you know why? That would fit. All right, well. Because they're terrible. Yeah, nobody, nobody cares. If it was, the, if it was, I'll guarantee you, if this were Aaron Judge, uh-huh. this would be a headline story yes. on ESPN yeah. for 48 yeah. hours. If the nonstop. Pirates are cheating, think Guarantee how bad it. they're at they are that, too. Uh, we actually got some really good internet <laughs> responses to that, though. Anthony, let's run through the tag boards of some of the responses, and Jay will we'll let you go here. But when your girl needs your location at all uh-huh. times, yeah. <laughs> why don't you text me back? Why don't you text me back? Why are you on second base right now? Uh-huh. <laughs> As we just alluded to there, Mr. Pope. Uh-huh. The Pirates definitely are not They're cheating. not they're cheating, terrible. apparently. Absolutely terrible. Yeah, nope. they're real bad. The real sliding definition the of sliding <laughs> through DMs. Not bad. I like that. Yeah, That's really good. Call about his cars he didn't want to miss the call about his car's extended <laughs> warranty. It's important. That makes I two know. of us. I think there's one more, right, Anthony? Maybe not. There it is. Just in there case you go. he, Just in case he needed to get on. his Calvin Ridley on the live bet to himself to steal third. Yeah, that's good. I like the internet. I like sliding the, into the Very DMs nice. the yeah. best. Hey, yeah, um, guys, are you, Mike, I, I am leaving here at, at the top of the hour. Um, are we? Are you guys going to talk about the Guardians in the second half, second hour? 
We're going to touch on it very quickly. Yeah, if we very have quickly. to. I, I know yesterday I mean, you guys play. implemented the whole thing about putting Deshaun Watson um, stats and yeah. figures on the screen while you talk Guardians to make sure that you keep the numbers. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mike Polk, you're a genius. Yeah, it's Absolutely been helping out. Brilliant. Numbers, numbers don't dip. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. So I'll just before I go, I'll just say that um, I've, I've enjoyed watching the Guardians the last couple of nights um, as they've had to scrap last night. They really had to scrap their way to another victory over the Tigers. They, they, they scored three runs early. Then they completely went to bed. They went the last 20 hitters without recording a hit or a, or a base runner. But then the bullpen comes in. And even though they bent, they didn't break. It was a phenomenal victory. And I can't believe we're saying this, but last year at this time, the Atlanta Braves were, I believe, under 500 or right at 500, Mm. and they went on to win the World Series. So I'm saying there's a chance. This club is in first place, and there's 50-some-odd games to go in the season. Who would have thought? But once again, Terry and the front office are pulling – uh, a rabbit out of a hat. So keep it going, guys. Um, enjoy the next hour of your show. I will see you guys tomorrow. Thanks, brother. Feel better. Thanks, Jake. See you, Jake. Thanks, Later. man. We need another lower third. Jay Crawford guarantees World Series championship <laughs> by Guardians. Get that one going, too. And the only thing more surprising, I think, than the Guardians being in first place with 52 games to go is us getting Tyvis Powell on a show with his crazy schedule.